The world that we live in is filled with chaos. We are all searching for meaning in our lives, but we often get lost along the way. We all must ultimately realize that meaning is found in responsibility for our actions, for the way we live our life, and for the people in our lives. We don't have to stay in the chaos. We can choose to bring order to our lives. Join us for a fresh perspective on the practical steps we can take to become who God intended us to be and to realize what our calling is. This is Coming Out of Chaos. Welcome back to the Coming Out of Chaos podcast, coming to you from the upper room at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in Springdale, Arkansas. Christ is risen. My name is Michael Bocklig. I am your host, and I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host, Subdeacon Bryce Kirk. Bryce is about to graduate with his master's degree from the University of Arkansas. Congratulations on that accomplishment, my friend. Thank you, Michael. Um, it's been a long two years. I'm very excited to be done. Um, I can't I can't tell you how much I appreciate the help and support that I've had from our parishioners here and my professors and my advisors as well. It's It's been one heck of a journey. Well, it is a bittersweet event for me personally, Bryce, as you'll be moving away this coming week and and you're going to be preparing for the next chapter of your life. And I'm really happy for you on this kind of momentous occasion. Uh, that means that we're going to be doing this last podcast episode here in person together in the upper room. And it'll be our last in person, at least for a while. To all of our listeners, though, don't worry. We're still planning to continue recording this podcast. But it may only be me in the upper room in our future episodes. But thankfully, Bryce can still join us remotely, thanks to the magic of the Internet. Bryce, I don't want to get too sentimental with you in this podcast episode, but let me just say that your presence is definitely going to be missed here at St. Nicholas Church. Thank you so much, Michael. Um, I'm going to try not to get too sentimental. I know it's my last one up here uh, in the upper room, as we've (laughs) begun to call it. Um, You know, the last five years at this parish have been a very special part of my life. And, you know, finally kind of getting to the point where I got to say goodbye uh, for however long that is, um, it's really, it's really hard to process. But you know, I think I think it'll be okay. And I, I thank God for every single day that I've been able to be here, the people that I've met, the experiences that I've had. It's been an absolute blessing. Well, before you leave the area, Bryce, we do have this one last podcast to record together in person here in the upper room. In this episode, Bryce and I have a guest with us, but not just any guest. We are joined by Father Paul Fuller, who is the pastor at our church here at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in Springdale, Arkansas. Father Paul was assigned to our parish at the beginning of August last year in 2021. So at the time of this recording, it's been more than nine months that Father Paul has been our priest here. I should mention that the upper room where we are sitting doubles as Father Paul's office here at St. Nicholas Church. So thank you, Father Paul, for sharing your office with us for these podcast recordings, and thanks for being here with us today. It's my great joy and honor to be joining you all for this episode of your podcast. It's been wonderful, and certainly using uh, the facilities of our parish community, our church office here is wonderful, and to be able to uh, have that experience uh, here with you all is just wonderful. Thank you. Father Paul, it's crazy to think that more than nine months have passed since you moved here with your family last August. Those months really seem to have flown by for me, and I'm sure that Michael would agree. We have really enjoyed getting to know you, your wife, and your daughter ever since you joined our parish community. Would you mind starting out by sharing a little bit about your background for our listeners? Absolutely. Uh, I grew up in the Orthodox Church. I'm originally from 
Louisville, Kentucky, or if you're a native, you say Louisville. Uh, I grew up going to St. Michael, the Archangel, Antiochian Orthodox Church, and was very active with that parish community, uh, along with my family growing up as a youth there and programs and ministries that it offered. Uh, I graduated, since we're speaking of graduation, from my undergrad from the University of Kentucky, and also graduated seminary from St. Vladimir Seminary in New York. I was a youth director at St. George Orthodox Church in Houston, Texas, which is where I met my lovely wife, Ramya, while I was uh, a youth director there. And then we went to seminary after being there, uh, after getting married and going to seminary, and then also being assigned after seminary for the last five years as a parish priest at St. George Orthodox Church in Terre Haute, Indiana. And then we were transferred here last August 2021 and have been at this uh, wonderful parish community since then. Father, as I was listening to you talk about the different positions that you've had in the church, I was thinking about how you really are the perfect fit for our parish in so many ways. I think your experience working as a youth director and with young adults in the church is especially relevant to this parish. And as you know, that is by far the largest age group that we have in our community here in Springdale. I remember talking to you a few weeks after you had moved here, and you said that one of the things that has stood out to you about our parish was the large number of inquirers to the Orthodox faith that we had coming to our church. It seems to me that most of those inquirers are young adults, and they also tend to mostly be young men. What is your perspective on what is driving this recent trend? Well, certainly we are blessed to have inquirers that join us at our parish community. Almost every single church service, if not at least every Sunday, there is a new face that we are welcoming and greeting and getting to know. And yes, they've been young adults and sometimes certainly primarily young men that have been joining us at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church. And, you know, there could be a, a variety of factors. I certainly think that uh, the growth that we have seen at this parish community over the last two years, uh, one of the factors, by all means, is the pandemic that has been uh, dealing, that everyone has been dealing with. And certainly when things are different in your life, you have to make changes and make decisions and value what is important. I think some people came to find Christ and during that time of maybe isolation or that time of breaking their routine and getting out of their routine, having to spend, which should be a blessing, more family time, uh, but also time experiencing uh, the love of Christ and maybe driven them. Uh, to join and want to experience a parish community uh, that is Orthodox Christian. And so they've been doing their own research, their own homework uh, on the internet, in particular with podcasts and YouTube channels that have uh, given them an introduction to Orthodox Christianity, which has been wonderful. Uh, it is no substitute, however, for being a participant uh, in a parish community. And so uh, they learn about it on the computer, and then they need to show up in person now that all the restrictions have been lifted and we're kind of getting back to normal. It might be a new normal for us. And so somebody that wasn't joining um, or wasn't maybe taking their faith seriously uh, is going to do so now. And so in particular, young adults, um, we have many that are joining us from our church. We are uh, in a college, uh, have a, a large campus, the University of Arkansas near us. And so that is a a thriving school, and it can be a thriving ministry for young adults that are students going through uh, the university to join us here, whether they're from the area locally or whether they've 
uh, come to the University of Arkansas from afar uh, to experience and find their faith while they're in college. Thank you for your perspective, Father. That's really good to hear, you know, coming from a priest, because Michael and I have discussed this, you know, amongst ourselves and just seeing a lot of young men, a lot of young people in general coming to our parish and, you know, mentioning the University of Arkansas. That's where I attended my undergrad, and that's where I'm getting my graduate degree from. And I found the church while in college. And so seeing a lot of other young men with the similar perspective that I have, I mean, it's beautiful to see, really. So one of the major themes that we've talked about on this podcast, Michael and I, has been the importance of mentoring, especially within the church. And I can imagine that you've had a lot of great mentors over the years, especially considering how active you've been in the church. Would you mind talking about some of your experiences with your mentors and comment on the value of mentorship in the church? Absolutely. So I grew up in the Orthodox faith, and thanks be to God for my family uh, that were willing to take me to Teen Soyo events and to uh, go to summer camp at the Antiochian Village. Uh, they were a driving force, literally driving us to activities uh, that happened at our church, my parents. Uh, my grandmother was very active in my spiritual life growing up, and there are many others. I'm just highlighting a couple of them. Uh, I had a wonderful parish priest, Father Alexander Addy, uh, for almost 30 years at St. Michael's. Uh, sadly, he has reposed in the Lord, uh, but he still was a great figure in my life and many other people at that parish community and also when he went on to be dean at St. Tecon Seminary, uh, being able to influence a new generation of church leaders, whether they be ordained or not. Uh, I have had the experience of many hearing many stories from other people about how Father Alexander Addy has influenced their life and offered mentor mentorship, uh, which is wonderful. And so it could be somebody in an uh, ordained position, it could be a family member, and it could be someone... Uh, that you grow up with in the church. And I think that's an important concept, not just to look for those that you uh, are a blood relative with. If I can offer one story that sticks out in my head, uh, the first time I read the epistle was when I was 12 years old for the Nativity Liturgy for Christmas. And a gentleman by the name of Merrick Simon, now Deacon Merrick Simon, who runs OCF for uh, for all the jurisdictions here in the United States and Canada. He's a parishioner, former parishioner of St. Michael's. Uh, he was someone who took me under his wing to help me uh, prepare and prep me uh, to read the epistle for not just the ner being nervous of being 12 and a young man, but also uh, the highlight of the nativity. Um, and so he was someone who spent time with me a month in advance, letting me uh, train, if you will, and letting me practice reading the epistle. And so that's something that's always uh, stuck with me as an example of mentorship. Uh, I don't even think I've even thanked him for it since then. I'm going to be reaching <laughs> out to him for sure. Uh, but that's just one example. So it's important to find uh, men and women, but in particular, we've been talking about the young men uh, of different ministries of the church to make sure that uh, our older gentlemen can offer a helping hand, can use their years of experience uh, to show those that are younger, uh, to kind of help us with some of the trappings that might be present, and also to give us a good idea and a way forward. That's a really wonderful response. Thank you, Father. A lot of the young men who are coming to the Orthodox Church these days, and I'm sure you've noticed this, a lot of them are coming from a place where they didn't have a father. Some of them are products of divorce or have been in situations where they had an absent father. 
From your point of view, what are some of the benefits that these men will receive when they get plugged into a parish community with a healthy brotherhood of men, such as the one that we have here at our church at St. Nicholas? Sure. I think we are experiencing, as in particular with our inquirers, that uh, they might be coming by themselves. They might be coming with no family, uh, certainly joining the church on their own. And sadly, they might have grown up in what society calls a broken home without sort of uh, the father figure being present or other brothers uh, being present. And so they're, they're yearning. They're longing for some sort of connection, uh, but something that's healthy, something that is balanced, something that is uh, God-driven uh, in particular. Uh, when we talk about the men of a parish community, they're looking for service opportunities. They're looking to uh, dive deeper into a spiritual and prayer discipline. And so it is imperative that we have brotherhoods, uh, whether officially recognized in the church or unofficial gatherings, uh, that those men can dive into and gain new friendships and new perspectives and help them on their journey uh, into a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is ultimately what we're all after. Thank you, Father. That was really insightful. So we as a parish recently went through Great Lent together uh, in our community and celebrated Great and Holy Pascha just a couple weeks ago. In this podcast, we've been talking a lot about the ascetical disciplines that the church provides for us as tools for our own spiritual growth and development. You mentioned the importance of us using these tools for our own benefit in some of your sermons during Great Lent. So I believe that some of the younger men who have discovered orthodoxy have found that these tools really do help them to come out of chaos in their lives. We have some men who listen to this podcast who recently discovered the Orthodox Church, and some have been Orthodox for quite some time, that may now be trying to take their faith a little bit more seriously. Can you share some wisdom with our listeners on the best way to get started with incorporating the ascetical disciplines that the Church prescribes into their daily lives? Sure. I think some people, when they are interested in the Orthodox Church and they start coming to the Orthodox Church, they realize it's not just a Sunday experience. Our worship is wonderful, but there's a daily uh, a drive, a daily ascetical discipline uh, that we're supposed to do our best to achieve and to practice and to work at and to do something. And so they're looking for those avenues of ways that they can draw closer to Christ. And the Orthodox Church has offered these tools, and I use that word so often, for everyone to participate in, whether it be scripture reading on a regular basis, whether it be our own private prayers, whether it be service to somebody in our neighborhood or a classmate or somebody at work. The idea is that we should be doing something, and we should be doing something on a regular basis. I think the concept of discipline is one that is certainly lacking uh, in our society, and we see it from all age groups and both men and women. Uh, but in particular, the Orthodox Church says it's important to keep a discipline. It's important to keep a routine, a habit, and to build good habits and to fall away from and do away with those that we would consider bad habits. And so we all have 24 hours in the day to spend our time. And so if we want to truly draw closer to Christ and His Holy Church, uh, the Orthodox faith offers, suggests to many people these types of disciplines to participate in on a regular basis. And so, so often in the Orthodox faith, we talk about the fasting discipline, but there's many others. Fasting is one discipline of many uh, that we can take seriously and apply them in our lives. 
whether it be charity of our own pockets, whether it be charity of our time uh, and charity of our talents and abilities, we should be doing something. And it's nice when those uh, inquirers or in particular talking about men or young men say, hey, I want to do something different in my life. I would like that discipline. Um, I use the sports analogy all the time because I'm a sports person, but uh, we do need the practice in order to play in the game and to participate in that. And so we need to get better and train ourselves. And certainly men and women understand this mentality. If you want to excel at something, you need to do it over and over again. When you fall down, you need to get back up. When you break the good discipline you've been doing, you need to pick it back up and work with that in order to continue on to live and draw closer to Christ. Yeah, Father, and those sports references that you make, those really resonate with Bryce and myself because both of us used to play sports, and we've talked about that in this podcast before. And it's always important that you have a good coach when you're playing sports. And, you know, Bishop Nicholas has talked a lot about the importance of having a spiritual father to help guide you in a lot of these disciplines. But I wanted to bring up something interesting that you've talked about in the past here at our parish. You've shared with our parish that so often we use the terms spiritual father and father confessor interchangeably, and that sometimes there's some confusion about these terms. You have said that our parishioners here at St. Nicholas Church should not consider themselves under an obedience to you in the same way that monks have an obedience to the abbot of their monastery. Sometimes people have a lot of zeal for the Orthodox faith, especially early on when they discover it, and they may have an idealized view of the monastics when they first come into the church. Can you help clarify the proper relationship that we should have with our parish priests and how it differs from the monastic communities? Absolutely. I think that's a great uh, point to bring up, the idea that there are differences in relationship uh, with those that are mentors of that mentality, uh, those that are spiritual guides for those that are drawing closer to Christ. We don't want to do this alone. We should not do this alone, and the Orthodox Church uh, has, has a variety of people that have been entrusted uh, with the care of children. And we, whether, whether we use that mentality of somebody of the age of children or everybody, spiritual children. And so, but there is a distinction, I think, that is important to make when we talk about the monastic life and parish life. Um, there are uh, monks that are priests, and there are priests that live in a parish community that, that uh, have such high ascetical disciplines uh, as the monastics do, but not, that's not always the case. And so we need to make that distinction clear. It's fine to use the words interchangeably, father, confessor, and spiritual father, but somebody who goes to a monastery, um, they make a decision. They go freely and make a decision to put themselves under an obedience uh, to someone who is well-trained in the faith, and they live there. And so they are told uh, what to do, the regimen each and every day, uh, the structure of a monastery, Yes, they have their own certain prayer lives and prayer rules, but those are given in consultation with an abbot of a monastery or their father, confessor, or spiritual father at a monastery. It functions a little bit differently in a parish community. No one is under an obedience to a parish priest. I often use the word that the church suggests. I say suggests over and over again because, yes, I have been trained in the seminary and I've grown up in the church, and so yeah, I am called and empowered to offer the wisdom of the church, but we offer them as suggestions. Uh, those that 
are struggling with something, they can take the suggestion or not. And so they can utilize them to their best benefit. Uh, but at the same time, they're under no obligation or no obedience to a parish priest. Also, when we talk about confession, uh, I'm new in this parish community, and so everyone's getting to know me, and I'm getting to know everyone. We would like to have a long and fruitful ministry here, uh, but a parish priest can be transferred. Parishioners do move, and so the one you go to confession to should be uh, the parish priest. It's not always the case. There are exceptions to that for sure, uh, but if you've grown to have a relationship with your parish priest, then you have just that, a good relationship. But if that priest does get transferred or is removed from your life, or you move to another parish community, you should do your best with good intention to build that relationship again with whoever is your parish priest at the time that you are a member and an active member of that parish community. Thank you, Father. That was a fantastic response to that question. Um, really enlightening, and I think anybody listening to this podcast really, you know, listen to that and and take it in as much as you can. So now that you've been here for a while now, I was curious what your impressions are of some of the things that we have going on in our diocese. We are obviously a very active diocese with multiple in-person and virtual events planned annually, including the Parish Life Conference coming up in June. You have already had the chance to attend two spiritual retreats, one last fall and one in the winter earlier this year. What were those experiences like for you, and what would you say to those who are listening from our diocese who haven't yet taken full advantage of participating in these kinds of events? Well, certainly diocesan events are wonderful to attend and participate in. Uh, we get sometimes bogged down with parish life that we don't realize that there's a greater Orthodox witness out there, and so it's nice to know that there are Orthodox Christians of the diocese that are of the same age as you, might be going through the same struggles as you, might be looking for friends that take their faith seriously, and so it's nice to make those connections and have and, have and build those relationships. Clergy do the same thing. Uh, I'm in an area where there's only one other Orthodox church, and I have built a, a, and continue to build a nice relationship with the Orthodox priest, the other Orthodox priest here in town. But it's always wonderful to get together with the brothers of the diocese, um, to just be in each other's presence, uh, certainly as a younger priest, to ask them questions, pick their brain a little bit, uh, tell them some of the concerns that I might be having, and hear their wisdom uh, from years of experience, uh, as well to hear from uh, our bishop, Bishop Nicholas, about uh, what his hopes are for parish life and for the diocese and suggestions uh, and commandments that he offers for our priests to follow along with and to participate in. And so these diocesan events, whether they be virtual or in person, I think we're going to have a good mix going forward, uh, is something that we should view as an opportunity to participate in, to join in, to say, hey, if I'm going to spend the money to go out of town for something, maybe I should go out of town for something that can be spiritually enriching in my life. Uh, if you have children during the summertime to participate in the Parish Life Conference or these different retreats, by all means, we have a wonderful summer camp for our youth in this diocese, and it's only going to benefit. It's only going to be a benefit in our lives to participate in them. And so I think that's an important factor, knowing that there's a wide variety. They're not business meetings. 
There are social events that are at these activities and conferences and retreats, obviously spiritual events and discussions and conversations that it's just nice to get together with other Orthodox Christians that are serious about their faith, that are living their faith, and get to know them better. You mentioned Bishop Nicholas in your response, and one of the things that I'm most grateful for, Father, in our diocese is the fact that we have a very forward-thinking and visionary bishop. His Grace Bishop Nicholas has embraced using technology in good ways for ministry in our diocese, and I personally feel that we are very blessed in the Diocese of Miami in the Southeast to really be ahead of the curve in a lot of respects. It can be a very tricky thing to use technology in the right way and to have the right balance. What advice would you give to our listeners about how they can have a balanced and healthy approach to their use of technology? Sure. Technology, like anything, can be good, could be used for good purposes or bad purposes, but we have to make sure that we're in control and not be controlled by technology. And you can insert any activity into that sentence, but in particular, on this subject of technology, we can use it as a blessing. We can use it as ways that we can communicate uh, to build healthy relationships. One example I didn't make mention of this before, but when I was the parish priest in Indiana, I was the spiritual advisor for the young adults of that diocese. And when the pandemic hit and we needed to limit the amount of people in church, not only were we live streaming church services, but we were also offering ministry that wasn't in person to young adults that can gather for a Bible study, that can gather for a Q&A. And one that really stuck and kind of took off is having a patristic book study, and so we have continued to do that both in-person and virtually. It's nice to have uh, certainly in-person activities, but it's also nice that somebody can late in the evening spend some quality time instead of using and just watching television or whatever else to say, hey, I'm going to participate in something that is live but virtual, or I'm going to listen to a pre-recorded message or podcast uh, or YouTube video uh, that's going to be beneficial. And I think that's the aspect with it. We are glued to our phones. There's no question about it. Um, and there's certainly uh, a conversation to be had about that. But we can still be glued to our phones for some good content. We can make sure that the apps that we have on their phone, make sure we have something that can bring up the Bible when needed, that can bring up some of the prayers that the church uses on a regular basis when needed, and we should make sure that we utilize them on a regular basis in our lives, since we're already using that technology anyway. Absolutely. Thank you, Father. So our diocese was the first one to establish the Antiochian men as an organization, and that happened about three years ago. So Bishop Nicholas founded the Antiochian men in 2019, and when that happened, we really hit the ground running. Michael and I have noticed that there is a need out there among men, not just in our diocese, but everywhere, really, a need for brotherhood with other men. A lot of men feel very lonely and isolated from each other. I think that Amen has really helped give the men a more sense of purpose in the parishes within our diocese, and especially here at St. Nicholas Church. What have been your early impressions of the Antiochian men as an organization since you first got here nine months ago? Well, the Antiochian men as a ministry and organization, it is absolutely wonderful to have in a parish community. Uh, we have offered ministry and kind of used the demographics for our youth to minister to them and have organizations 
obviously Antiochian women. They're, they've been normal in parish communities for well over 50 years, but I think more recently we've realized we need to offer ministry to young adults, both men and women, and also collectively to offer ministry to men as a group to say that we want to minister to them, and we also want them to participate in ministry as well. And so having uh, come to a parish community that's in a diocese, uh, that is making that great effort to say we want to organize, if you will, um, our men of the parish community. We want to invite them to outings and discussions and sessions and service projects that they can, that we as a community can organize and that they can participate in is certainly only going to strengthen their participation with a parish community and strengthen their relationship with Christ by strengthening their relationship with other men in the parish community, whether they be older or younger, um, and whether they have the same hobbies or the same occupation or vocation, just to get to know each other more often in fellowship, get to know each other, have opportunities to know each other by doing service projects. We get together here for breakfasts on a regular basis on Saturday and different activities Uh, I'm blessed to have, having moved to this parish community nine months ago, and we're moving again soon, the Antiochian men of our parish are organizing to help us move, and so they really have a charitable heart and spirit with that. I'm a recipient of that, so I greatly appreciate that. But there's so much that's going on, so it's really helpful to have uh, a dedicated group of men of the parish community that can organize to get things accomplished, can take things on themselves, different tasks of the church or of a parish community, and to have that uh, foundational uh, spirit and heart of charity, of giving, of their time and of their treasures and their talents, and have that drive uh, to get to know one another in the parish community. Father, you just mentioned the fellowship events, and, and one of them in particular is those those bi-weekly men's breakfasts that we've been doing, and that's one of the things that our men really look forward to on a regular basis, having fellowship with each other. You know, a few years ago, we actually started out at this church by having our men meet at a coffee shop and, and later at a restaurant, and a few guys would show up, and now it's really grown into something much bigger. We've been meeting here at the church every other Saturday for the last couple of years, and We've cooked up some amazing breakfasts for the guys who have shown up, and we've recently been averaging about 20 men at those breakfasts, and we had over 30 men show up when Bishop Nicholas was here a few months ago, even in the middle of a snowstorm, so they're definitely coming out. Uh, We've had some great fellowship at those breakfasts and even mixed in some things like going through the Lionheart sessions from Faith Tree Resources, an example, and that's an Orthodox organization that supplies different programs, and and that particular one was about learning about Orthodox manhood. We've also had some meetings that have been mixed in during the breakfast, and we even had a few Q&A sessions, including the last breakfast where we did a wonderful Q&A with you when you were at our breakfast. What's it been like for you personally to attend those men's breakfasts and what do you think that our men get out of that experience? Well, I think any time that you can get together uh, in a church uh, activity is important, and in particular, these uh, kind of things are just suggestions for other parish communities to participate in. This is something that's really taken off uh, as at our parish community to have these gatherings on a Saturday morning. Uh, we do it twice a month, and it is a breakfast. That means everybody comes hungry, and everybody gets to enjoy uh, delicious food, 
and also to gather together. And like Michael, like you said, there's been about 20 people on average participating uh, at every one of these gatherings. And so certainly the food helps drive attendance like anything, which is wonderful to have. But then they also have wonderful conversations. And you see people circling up and talking to one another and sharing their experiences, getting to know one another, maybe sharing their hobbies and uh, information about themselves, their backgrounds, where they come from, learning about the church as well. A lot of these men that have been participating are inquirers, and they've been joining us, and they get to learn about the faith. This is another way of outreach and ministry to those that are looking to get involved in a parish community and know that a parish community wants their involvement and wants to know them. And so it's really been something that I've enjoyed participating in. Uh, I usually offer a Q&A session when we gather, uh, and I'm happy to do so to field a variety of questions for those that are joining. But there have been uh, set programs and discussions and watching of videos and having conversations about them. Uh, The resource that you mentioned from Faith Tree, the Lionheart series, is wonderful, and it was uh, really great to have our men participate in that. And so these programs are available for us to participate in and to, and to utilize in a parish community that might fit for whatever context that is. So it's been, just been great. Thank you, Father. As a matter of fact, I remember, you know, just seeing the evolution of the men's breakfast, kind of these men's get-togethers. One of the first conversations I ever had with Michael actually was at one of these breakfasts or get-togethers at a local coffee shop here, I think in 2018. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's been, you know, (laughs) three years since that happened. I guess four years now. Father, you led an Education in the Faith Catechism series last fall here at St. Nicholas Church, and Michael and I both really enjoyed attending those talks. The final talk you had was on what it meant to be an active member of a church community. One of the things you talked about was that if someone's focus is only on attending social events— and not on any of the worship services, there's a problem. You also said that if someone only comes for the worship services and never comes for the service projects, educational events, and fellowship with the community, then that is a bad example too. Can you share what the ideal balance should be like in your mind for an Orthodox Christian in one of our parishes? Sure. I think the key word there is balance, by all means. We we have a variety of things that happen at parish in our parishes, in our parish communities, One thing that distinguishes Orthodox churches, I would say, from others is certainly our concept of worship. We are worshiping beings that want to gather for worship of our good God, and so that is of utmost importance in our parish communities. But there's also other activities that can bring people in. We have here uh, a community garden that was started a couple years ago that's been a driving force for people to get more engaged with their parish community. They volunteer um, literally with their labor um, on a regular basis, and they also stay for church services when we have it coupled with Vespers or another activity or church service. So that's just one example of that, a mentality of balance. Uh, We offer educational uh, outlets for parishioners and inquirers to make sure that they can grow in their faith. It's not just a head knowledge, but we have to experience and know certain things about our faith, what we believe. And so that's an important concept. Also, other aspects such as service projects and ministry to those that are in need uh, go hand in hand with the gospel uh, that is preached on Sunday and what is heard on Sunday and taught 
uh, throughout the week at these educational things. So we want to make sure we have a good balance, that we are living out our Orthodox Christian faith. And so that balance comes from a healthy balance in the parish community and finding that. There may be programs that we want to start, uh, but we may make sure that we have enough people in leadership positions to kind of get them on the get them going. Uh, we also need to make sure that we have people that are uh, learning about being a leader in those positions so that they can take over and have a good rotation so that nobody gets burned out when offering a ministry or when offering a program. So making sure that we participate in that. Even in our worship alone, there's a balance of different jobs, so to speak, or vocations or activities or different aspects of participation. We have those that have the talent and ability to sing, and we ask them to be a member of the choir or be a chanter. We have those that we are uh, gearing towards uh, continued ministry in the church, and so we ask them to be an altar server. We have those that can usher or serve uh, to help with uh, crowd management, so to speak, or to pass out the bulletins, and the fellowship that comes after our worship services, those that get to church early and help set up the coffee and set up any sort of food that might be uh, served during fellowship, as well as those that stay behind to help clean up. And so we don't want this to fall on just a couple people. It's helpful that we have a good balance of volunteers and also a good balance of activities that people will want to volunteer and participate in. That's a great response, Father. And I remember that talk very well and really did enjoy it, the one that Bryce was mentioning. My favorite part of that talk that you gave was when you were talking about the three ways that we understand our involvement in the church is through our time, our treasures, and our talents. And you mentioned that earlier. I remember one of the first sermons that you gave when you came to our parish was on the topic of the importance of all of us using our talents in the church. I remember you said that we may not be sure if we have any talents, but you were here to tell us that we got them, you know, and you mentioned many times that our parish has a lot of activities, a lot of ministry groups that are very active, and you alluded to this in your last response. Others need to really step up, though, if it's going to be maintained. So can you talk a little bit about why it's so important for everyone to be contributing the talents that they do have in serving the church and not just rely on a small group of people? Certainly. I think we're uh, having conversations and learning more about burnout, and that's something that we want to avoid. Um, So often we tell inquirers when they join the church, there's a process to join the Orthodox faith. It doesn't mean you learn everything up front, but you dive into that learning experience, and that learning experience should continue once you're a member of the church. But we want things to be sustainable, and if you're going uh, at a very high pace, uh, it might not be sustainable. And so there might be an instance where the parish priest says, we might need to slow down on this, or it might be an instance where the parish priest says, we need to ramp up and rev up and get going on certain activities. And so it's helpful when we have more people involved in leadership positions, in the experience of organizing and planning social functions, educational outlets, Uh, gatherings for our youth and for our children, whether it be church school or summer programs that the parish wants to do to offer ministry to our kids. Uh, We need to have a good balance of them, but we also need uh, many hands on deck to participate in, also help run, and to be active 
in organizing and running those types of ministries and programs and organizations uh, that we offer on a parish level. And in speaking about talents in particular, that we need to have an understanding of those talents that we do have. They're God-given, but we might need some help and direction to utilize our talents. And so a parish priest and others in the parish community can recognize when someone has a financial mindset, and they can help out on a financial committee uh, that's running a parish community, or somebody has leadership skills, or someone can reach out to others and say, hey, we want you to participate in this. They have great people skills, and they participate in trying to get others to participate in those activities, and so they reach out. And so having that good balance, and so when we talk about uh, our talents, we need to know that we all have them, They do vary. There's a variety to them. They need to be nurtured. They need to be used and utilized, all for the glory of God and the building up uh, of His church. And we can dive in and participate in those using our God-given talents. Father Paul, we've really enjoyed talking with you today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Coming Out of Chaos. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on our podcast with us. Well, I've greatly enjoyed this conversation and to be a part of uh, the podcast series coming out of chaos. We highly recommend it uh, for everyone to listen to and to uh, dive in and share with those uh, that might benefit from listening to the previous sessions in particular. Uh, But I appreciate you all having me on this evening. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Coming Out of Chaos. Please remember to check out our website at antiochianmen.org to learn more about our organization. We also have many videos available that can be found on that website as well as on our Amen YouTube channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Coming Out of Chaos has also been picked up by a few other podcast platforms, including Audible and TuneIn, so be sure to follow us on the platform of your choosing. We would also appreciate a positive review if the platform allows you to do so. Please share this podcast with your friends and help us to spread the word about it. We want to thank everyone who has been sending us some great feedback on our podcast episodes. If anyone would like to send us feedback, please just send an email to amendomsey at gmail.com. That's A-M-E-N-D-O-M-S-E at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.